So, Tom, Tom, it's getting to be summer now. It's getting to be a little bit warmer weather. Uh, are you uh, making use of those dollar margaritas being back at Applebee's? Um, no, never. Uh, I, I drink those at home where I can have 80 cent margaritas. 80 and cent thro- margaritas. And I can throw up in my own toilet. I'm going to need you to do me the math, sir. How do you know that you're spending exactly 80 cents per margarita? Uh, it's a hope and a dream, Brett. It's a hope and a dream. Have you, like, sat down and calculated the numbers out? Like, somewhere, I like to imagine that in Tom's house, there is an abacus dedicated to calculating out the cost per alcoholic beverage. No, no, I'm just basing off numbers that a college friend that we'll call Schmitty gave me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like everyone has that college friend named Schmitty. Like, yep. there's, like, at least 18 different Schmitties throughout the span of someone's life, but no one ever currently knows a Schmitty. Does that make sense? 100%. And they all look the same, too. Yeah. Like, everyone they knows all... what Schmitty looks like. <laughs> they all look the same. And then, like, like I wonder, like... Like, I feel like somewhere out there, like, through the wardrobe into Narnia, like, if you ever make it through there one day, you're going to be able to find, like, all your lost socks, <laughs> half-used bottles of super glue, and those college dudes named Schmitty that everyone used to know. <laughs> yep. I'll tell you what. If anyone named Schmitty is listening to this podcast, just tweet at me, and I will Venmo you. Oh, I want to beat him. I will Venmo oh you, Schmitty. A dollar for an Applebee's. No, like a dollar ten. So even the tax is paid for for an Applebee's. Well, I think that depends on the state. Well, you know what? If if it's more than a dollar ten, just move to a different state. Yeah. All I know is is that if there is a real Schmitty out there, like, sir, I want to meet you. I want to <laughs> have like like a photo opportunity. Like, I feel like you, sir, sir, should have your own booth at like any Comic Con. I think, you know, Brett, you work in a restaurant. I think you need to get a plaque made dedicating a booth to the Schmitties. Have yeah. the Schmitty booth. Like someone yeah. comes in and they're like, reservation for Schmitty. And everyone just stops. Everything goes quiet. And they're like, we have your table waiting, sir. It's oh, been ready God. for four months. God. It's like that that guy in the ticket booth in Talladega Night. Mister, these tickets have been waiting on you for a long time. <laughs> Doesn't he scalp them after that? <laughs> Immediately <laughs> after. Like, he doesn't even walk away from the ticket booth. He just turns around. <laughs> Which is a total schmitty thing to do. God damn it. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, man. I could spend all day talking about schmitty. Yeah, you know, I bet connecting the threads of our podcast, there are quite a few schmitties who play Raid Shadow Legends. God damn. <laughs> Oh my god, Schmitty's probably a character on Raid Shadow Legends. Probably. By the way, to the publishers of Raid Shadow Legends, we are still waiting for our endorsement checks. Well, yeah. we didn't really we didn't really endorse them, but like free commercial checks. We're How here. does this, you know, like we're we're really new into this whole podcasting thing. How does it work? Like, do we have to arrange something beforehand? Like, what's the deal? I feel like they should be on top of their stuff. They're Raid Shadow Legends. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, they're freaking everywhere. I can't believe, Tom, by the way, you went out and looked up a trailer for Raid Shadow Legends and it still hasn't come to get you? 
Like, no, you're playing I'm, a very dangerous game. They they know that me and them have no business in each other's world. This podcast <laughs> is the only place will it, where it will come up. That's that is a bold statement, everyone. Tom is proclaiming that Raid Shadow Legends has so much respect for him that they will not bother him. Like that is that's you know this is this is how wars get started, Tom. Yeah, it's yeah. Like this, I know what I'm doing. I'm provoking. Yeah. I'm provoking things. Yeah, you're the Archduke of Ferdinand turning down the wrong street, and Raid Shadow Legends is just waiting to start World War One on your ass. No, because I turn on the right sh- street, and it's my bro Schmitty with an 80-cent margarita. <laughs> God damn you. All right. I-, I feel like there's something more important that we're supposed to be doing here. Yeah. All right. So, on that... Um, everybody, welcome to Nerdism 101, the podcast where we dive into um, pop culture topics, topics that re- verge on the nerdy, um, and really kind of learn some things, get some different perspectives. So my name is Tom. Um, I am a PhD candidate at Syracuse University studying all sorts of diff- different things, but the general gist of it is I study uh, modern African history and modern global history and get into like a lot of analytical stuff and a lot of stuff that would probably bore most people listening on the, on this podcast. Um, but I really deal a lot with like theory and how to critique and analyze big systems, big picture, picture things. Um, which takes a lot of my time. So I don't get to really uh, dive into the realm of TV and comics and music nearly as much as I used to. Um, So generally when something comes up, like a new movie or like a controversy uh, in the comic world and it kind of bleeds into mine and I hear about it, I go to my main man, Brett, over here as um, my pop culture guy. Um, my The person who, anytime I have a question about something about this, he has not only one answer, but like three of them. Um, so we decided, why not get into some of these conversations? Why not keep learning about pop culture here? Why not make me an actual person again that can have a conversation with someone who hasn't also spent many years of their life just reading and ignoring other people um, and have some fun with it? So. Yeah. And if I may, you know, one of the things that have always come up in like me talking at you about pop culture is you always hit me with the that's interesting and then follow it up with like some awesome facet of history in which uh, you like typically end up finding a way to apply it towards modern society. And we come out of these conversations realizing that whatever, you know, form of pop culture that we're talking about ends up having a lot of application in what's going on today. And actually, you know, it kind of helped us both kind of come to the conclusion that pop culture is a very important medium, a very important tool for our generation. And it might even be the most important tool for the spread of knowledge and ideas that our generation currently has. And we get that pop culture is a big umbrella term, but, you know, we're going to, uh, we, we feel like that's a little bit more explanatory than uh, other terms out there. Yeah, and because we all engage with it, uh, some more than others, but here even I am, is isolated away from it as most people could be, and I am still engaging with it. I have questions about it, obviously. So 
Brett and I, we each have our own different kind of uh, set of facts we're bringing to the table. So that's what we're doing um, in this podcast. If the last episode wasn't clear, you know, we're figuring it out. We're learning, baby. (laughs) We're Um, all going to learn together with a reading rainbow of nonsense. Yeah. Um, So share this with your main man, Schmitty, out there. You know he's ready. What up, Schmitty? Schmitty. All right. So, Brett, what are, what are we learning about today? What's the what's the topic on hand? Well, today, Tom, we're going to talk about cops, but Ooh. we're not just going to talk about any cops. We're going to talk about space cops. Um, I really wish that I had the ability to do like some sound effects or something right there, like a big old dum would have been put it in awesome. post. We'll put it in post. Yeah, um, yeah, and by put it in post, we mean Brett getting drunk and playing around on Audacity like he knows what he's doing. That's the only <laughs> way we know how. So, are we talking? Are we talking Space Force here? That's a that's a pop culture thing I've heard of. Yeah, yeah. So the Space Force is nothing and is total nonsense, and it's just the giant joke of our current presidency. Probably not the biggest one out there, but is is definitely. <laughs> Definitely pretty high up there. And then Steve Carell went out and made a pretty hilarious series about it on on Netflix about what it would actually be like if it happened. And if you haven't been watching it, you should. But no, Tom, we're definitely not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the OG Space Force, the OG Space Cops. And that is the power rate. No, I'm kidding. It's the Green Lantern (laughs) Corps. So, Tom, what do you know about the Green Lanterns? I know basically nothing. So I have seen parts of the Ryan Reynolds movie that came out like a decade ago. But Oof. I mean, every, yeah, it's bad. Like, sorry. it's really bad. I'm sorry. Um, and like, if you watch it now, the CGI has just been like, it hasn't aged well. I don't know if it ever looked good. Man. But... It totally looked like that guy made a hot wheels track appear out of thin air with a hot rod on it that looked amazing (laughs) i can't even keep a straight face while i I say it so i i i know a little bit about that i know ryan reynolds is a fighter pilot um i don't know if all the green lanterns have been fighter pilot that's i mean it's basically i know nothing i know it's a dc thing not a marvel thing um and i know the color green is important yeah Um, so why don't, don't we just why. start with this? So the Green Lantern did originally start all the way back in the 1940s and how he looked and a lot of how he was portrayed is a lot different than the version or at least uh, variances that we know today. We're going to go with a little bit more. So we're going to look mainly at the modern version of the Green Lantern, like say within the last 20 years, like from like 2000 and on. So within that lore and timeline, the Green Lanterns are led by kind of like a council of little blue men called uh, the Guardians of the Universe, right? Now, these Guardians of the Universe, they themselves don't actually do much. They're supposed to be like the OP bosses that are sending the good guys out to do the to do the job, right? So... It, you could almost even say, like, you know, we're using this whole space cops uh, reference because that's largely like, like the uh, almost pun that you use to yeah. kind of explain what the Green Lanterns are. Think of them as like the headquarters. Think of them as like the dispatch. Does that make sense? Uh huh. 
So the Guardians of the Universe, uh, they're known as Owens, right? So they originated on a planet called Maltus. So they're originally called Maltusians, right? Now, this guy, one of their, uh, like, leading scientists billions of years ago, uh, his name was Rona. Uh, Rona, like... It, you know, at this point in time in the society, they have progressed technology to its peak, you know. So, like, as opposed to thinking of that as, like, a tangible thing, just kind of think of it as if anybody says, oh, hey, it would be cool to have a device that could do this. Well, guess what, buddy? They've got it. Now, Rona decides that he wants to be able to essentially see the beginning of all time, to see the, the Big Bang, Right. Now that's a that's a goal. Yeah, life goal, right? Uh, oh, you know what? Like we're already gonna just get, like at me so hard. I'm saying <laughs> I wrote down Rona. It's Krona, K R O N A. Oh, oh man, right. we almost need to restart the whole podcast. <laughs> we'll fix it in post, Brett. We'll fix, fix it, it in post. post. <laughs> just kidding, guys. We're gonna leave that in. So Krona, uh, he creates this machine to go back and be able to view the beginning of all time. Now there's like a lot of legends and stigma, uh, you know, among the Maltusians saying like, no buddy, don't do this. It's a bad idea. Right. And so he ends up doing so. And in the process of doing this, you know, like it's not too, too important for what we're talking about today, but it is a cool little, you know, note for any DC fans out there, uh, people who take in various forms of DC media, especially people who are fans of the uh, the Arrowverse. Um, so, you know, both sides of the comic book spectrum of the big two, Marvel and DC, they both had this multiverse concept where there are like different dimensions and like different versions of Earth and they can do these like Elseworld stories where like there are different versions of the characters that are kind of like one-offs and things like that. Uh, well, when Krona went back to view the beginning of time, his machine was struck by this like cosmic lightning bolt force. And from that, that actually created like uh, in within the DC universe uh, that actually created the multiverse. Like until then there was only one timeline. Right. And, because he goes back and gets struck by this lightning bolt at the beginning of time, then that allows the multiverse to spring out from the same points as the originating timeline. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So like this okay. guy is essential to understanding DC comics. He is and he isn't, you know, it's like DC comics had this multiverse and then like eventually they needed to come up with an explanation for it. And this is one that they, you know, this is the one that they created and it stuck around and, you know, it, it, it has some cool storytelling, a uh, storytelling to it. Uh, so I just thought that it would be a cool little note to bring up while explaining where the Green Lanterns come from. Gotcha. But while doing so, you know, like, you know couple of things happen after this and there's some yada yas and some what you and what you call it's right but eventually this leads to them creating uh the uh the green lantern core and it does so by giving them the power of emotions and when they say the power of emotions they don't just mean like oh the ability to cry so hard what's that that japanese tale about the seven brothers where the the one brother could cry so hard that he 
uh, each tier was the size of a lake? I have no idea, Brett. I will okay. take your word for it. That's fair. It's totally a thing. But I don't mean it like that. It's uh, so, you know, so you have like anger, fear, uh, will, you know, things right. like that. They can control these and use these to their advantage, and they do so through what they call power rings. Now, these power rings, they allow them to essentially cast objects, any object that their mind can imagine, right? But how they're able to do so and control these, well, objects aren't really what they call it. They call them constructs, right? How they're able to control these constructs is based on their mastery of whichever, like, uh, emotion within the emotional spectrum that the core is based off of. Now, the Green Lantern core is based off of willpower. So gotcha. it takes those who are strong of will in order to be able to control the Green Lantern ring and have these, uh, you know, had the ability to make these constructs, right? Now, where we get into Earth's Green Lantern is. Along the, you know, along the, you know, along the road, <clears throat> eventually a powerful Green Lantern who is the Green Lantern for the sector that includes the planet Earth. Uh, there are various different versions. Like I know in the movie you saw, he was being attacked by an object that was like the uh, embodiment was, of fear. Yeah, he was being attacked by yellow. The green yeah. guy died for the yellow guy. Yeah, exactly. So he lands on earth just real quick i like how we introduced me as like the academic but i'm understanding this world through colors right now the yellow guy attacked the green guy <laughs> the sad thing is is that like really like that's an okay explanation <laughs> like that's how it happened so like the you know like we'll get into a little bit of the reason why the different yeah. colors have meaning but uh, so his ring, the text that he is dying, right, or that he's mortally wounded, and it is essentially encoded with the ability to find a new lantern or someone capable of being a lantern nearby. You know, okay. so it's it's interesting you said encoded because the sense I got from the movie was that the ring itself was almost like alive, like it had a, a sentience, it had an intelligence. But you're saying and, it's Sorry, okay. go ahead. Well, really, so that comes back to the Maltusians are the Owens because they eventually moved to a planet called Oa, which is where like the base of the entire Green Lantern core is. But it's still the Maltusians who moved there, and then they start calling themselves Owens or the Guardians of the of the universe. Um, they still have that whole. They're at the peak of technology. You know, so I know that you saw the original Thor movie, correct? Sure, yeah. Yeah, and so, again, guys, I'm not trying to say that there are connections between DC or Marvel, but I just also know what Tom has seen and hasn't seen. And so I try to use some things that you wouldn't normally use to make a connection with that I know would be helpful to him. But in that line, when he's trying to explain his Asgardian magic to Jane, he says, I come from a place where magic and science are one and the same, you know, kind of, kind of think of it along that lines. They've progressed technology so far that they have figured out how to make these green lantern rings almost be somewhat sentient, but still 
somewhat magic, but still yeah. somewhat having a technological ba- uh, basis to it. Yeah, it's interesting you would say that because that's like a, a big thing. Um, not just because, you know, historians, we do a lot of like counterfactuals, like what happens if someone would go back to like ancient Rome with a, a modern fighter jet or a cell phone or something like that. And a lot of people would be like, you know, they'd explain it through magic or some kind of religion, something like that, because like a sophisticated enough technology will have the appearance to magic. Like if people don't have the framework to understand and kind of place those objects within society so it's interesting to think of the green lantern ring like that like it has the appearance of magic or sentience but really it's just it's a hyper advanced technology so yeah i, you I know, myself fell into that in the movie portrayal of it yeah and you know i think that like that's not often the most popular way to explain it and and again we're like you know catch me on twitter except i don't have a twitter you know a bunch of people are I'll going create a to twitter for brett where you can shout at him and he will never know yeah yeah create a twitter for me where people can shout at me and i'll never be able to answer uh hold on all one the tweets second. will be about raid shadow legends that's how you know you'll know it's the right one yeah yeah yeah, so what I was getting at is it might not be the most popular way to explain it. You know, people still like to have a little bit of mysticism and whatnot involved. But if you're going to just dull it down to the very basic, yeah, you can almost consider it as like a tech, just as much of a technology as it is almost its own sentient being. Yeah. Right. So the Green Lantern picks Hal Jordan. Or, I'm sorry, the Green Lantern ring picks Hal Jordan. Now, Hal Jordan, character that many of us know and love, some people like him, dislike him, you know, he can be very brash, he can be very, uh, he can still be very emotional, you know, like one of his biggest caveats as a Green Lantern is he often doesn't have the ability to keep all of his emotions in check and focus just on will. Yeah. Now, so, from there, from there, though. A, a bunch of expansion has hap- uh, uh, happened. You know, uh, Earth often tends to be a place of high high levels of danger. You know, high levels of big level of of big level threats. So Earth ends up getting like a handful of Green Lanterns. You know, more so than most sectors have, because more Green Lanterns are needed at Earth to like fend off various other threats from the galaxy. And especially in times when Hal Jordan decides that he doesn't need to patrol Earth by itself, that he is needed elsewhere within the sector. Uh, so, you know, essentially what you have is you have a group of, you could say, militant cops because, you know, while that may not be their intent, the simple fact of the matter is, is they're often in life or death fights. Uh, you know, with whatever various forms of evil. Yeah. Now, you know, again, DC rule, uh, you know, we don't kill unless it's absolutely necessary. It doesn't happen very often. So maybe life or death isn't the right kind of term. But if you were to think about it as like actual cops, uh, they pull their guns out quite a bit and they uh, discharge their weapons in the field. You know what I mean? So, a lot. Yeah. They're, they're conjuring yeah. all sorts of things. Now, one of the reasons why we're talking about this today is because there's a lot of controversy going on with whether or not, uh, you know, like police forces should be defunded, that they shouldn't, uh, that they should no longer receive any kind of federal funding and that they should only be locally funded. 
and that obviously this would cut down on how many cops they could have, uh, what kind of technology they might have access to, you know, but I mean, you know, to, to make a very, very dumbed down version of the argument, you know, we need less cops out there trying to fill ticket quotas and we need, you know, more cops that are out there actually working on real issues. Yeah. Um, so obviously the, the defund or the abolish the police movement, um, there's a lot of like, I, I would say separate movements or separate agendas within kind of this, you know, giant lumped in kind of you you hear like someone talk about it on cnn it's like the defund the police movement really what we're talking about is several different movements with um a different scale of radicalism so you do have some people who want to completely defund the police they've mostly moved over to use the term abolish the police um and move to traditional forms of policing community forms of policing because um we could get a, I could get on a whole sidetrack rant about this, but what we think of today is, you know, police is really um, an 18th and a 19th century in, invention. You know, it's historically it's a very new thing. Um, but then you have defund the police, which is more of looking at let's take money away from police departments because police departments are very expensive. Um, and let's put that towards other social services. So um, like the the New York City budget, I think generally is over six billion dollars for the police and there are a lot of people who are like let's take some of that money and let's fund mental health more let's fund animal control better um and then we can have less officers because right now officers are doing things that they were never supposed to do so it's it's a really broad movement just in case you haven't heard any news and um, again in the last six months to put that into proper perspective uh when um when like uh, i believe it was when alphabet went to buy uh uh youtube or youtube uh yeah they didn't even pay six billion dollars like there isn't a single sports franchise in the entire world so think about that for a second take your favorite sports franchise and understand the fact that it doesn't uh, that they don't even come close to what it costs to finance them for a single year as what the New York City Police Department does. Right. Um, you know? And further context, the United States as a country spends more on policing every year than all but two or three other countries spend on their military. So basically, yeah. like the UK, Russia and China, we're spending more on policing than all of the other countries but except for those guys and maybe France or someone else spends on their military. So it's a, it's a huge, huge drain of resources. Yeah. And again, Tom and I aren't necessarily declaring opinions on whether or not the police should be defunded. You I'll, know, I'll declare or... opinions. I'll declare opinions, Brett. <laughs> All day. <laughs> I'm ready to be added on the Twitter. Yeah. Al, what the hell? Add me on Twitter too. Like I support cops. I support the thin, the thin blue line, but I also understand the fact that this is never what it was supposed to be. You know, I don't see any reason why we should keep supporting something uh, like, you know, after it's become something that it shouldn't be just because of what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my like my problem with policing is just that like you look at its origins and it's tied to like all of these racialized racist institutions institutions that exploited and killed uh, native americans here in the u.s um and now you look at it today like you know my my brother's a cop 
And, you know, I, I do know that they're good people who are police officers, but until the good people who are police officers stop trying to protect the bad ones, like things got to yeah. go. Um, and even you so, know, you know, I, it's like yeah. if we're not spending so much of this funding on the police themselves and we're spending this funding on more things in the community, wouldn't the idea be that if we're more focused on the citizen as opposed to the police officer, then wouldn't we make less work for the police officer? It's true. Yeah, it's it's like preventative medicine. Yeah. Um, fix issues at their their you know, root and not wait till you're just like trimming weeds in the yeah. grass or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, fight the, you know, don't fight the virus, fight the symptoms. Yeah. Well, fight. Yeah. Um, so what we're, what I'm getting at here is if, you know, we're looking at changing how we do policing in the United States, which I think most reasonable people are looking at, um, should we cancel Green Lantern? Should we no. change how we look at Green Lantern here, Brett? No, um, that's, it's it's very interesting because uh, DC has tackled that. Really? Yes. Let's, yeah. How, it, there's recent, like now, before the controversy, or is this like yeah, years ago? Yeah, wow. this was. Uh, so in the last episode. I spoke about a pop culture class that I was taking. Well, at the time of that pop culture class, and indeed one of the reasons why we were talking about comic books, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I might have gotten a little choppy there. I had a catch in my throat. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about comic books in that particular class because DC was doing its, uh, you know, big relaunch at the time that was known as the New Fifty Two. Now it was in that time. I'm not going to get into explaining what the New Fifty Two was because you know it was a cosmic reset button they said they changed things they didn't really change a whole lot of things they just tried to do a little housekeeping if you will gotcha. uh but in that uh you know like the first big major story arc coming out of the green lantern and its various other uh comic books because you have more than just like the green lantern which follows how jordan you have like the green lantern core and stuff like that uh the Owens, the Guardians of the Universe, decided, you know, maybe Green Lanterns themselves, you know, these bastions of will are a little too susceptible to will, are a little too susceptible to their emotions, are a little too susceptible not just to will, but free will, if that makes sense. Okay. You know? Because make sure i'm just trying to make sure i'm understanding this right the powers of the green lantern ring which can make anything you know you alluded to a hot wheel track that's in the movie or they can make machine guns walls whatever it's like it's like magical tech superhero Fortnite almost comes from will so like the yes. ring selects hal jordan because he's got a ton of will yeah. Now there are the other green, you know, like the other lantern cores, like the yellow lanterns and the red lanterns and the purple yeah. lanterns. They all deal with their various emotions. Now, as we all know, like one emotion can definitely negate another emotion, sure. you know. And so the big uh, uh, negation to the power of will is the power of fear. You know, which makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, when you become the most fearful, you're the least able to act. 
you know, that's like that, you know, yeah. a, a pack of wolves is chasing you. And at a certain point, you just become so scared that you end up just curling up into a ball and the wolves catch you kind of thing. Right. So not me so, personally, I'd fight a wolf. But, you know. yeah, so they're selecting. Well, good to know, Brett, if we ever go camping. Um, so. Well, I mean, generally, <laughs> even as it is, when you're being attacked by a pack of wolves. Like, you know, kind of the rule of thumb is you don't have to be the fastest one in the group. You just don't have to be the slowest one. You know, so, so I just have to outrun you. OK, OK. I'm I'm spry, Brett. You you might have to have a bigger group than just you and me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so Hal, <laughs> Hal, <laughs> maybe just, you and what, what's that Liam Neeson movie where he's like fighting a pack of wolves? Was that the gray? The gray. Yeah. 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 Um, the one that ends with him not fighting the wolf. <laughs> I actually have never seen that movie. I just know it from community makes jokes about uh, it. Yeah. Uh, but so the ring picks Hal Jordan because he has a ton of will and he's not afraid, which is just like objectively, a, if, if you're, so, if it you're, isn't so much that he isn't afraid, but that he, uh, has the ability to have great will and overcome his fears. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking like if you're, if we're using the analogy that the Green Lantern are space cops. Um, they're, they're, they're a core, which in itself has kind of this militarized, um, law and order kind of sense to it. Like, that's a terrible way of like how we would think about what we want our police officers to be. Right. Cause they're like some genuinely bad people in history that you can be like, yeah, he had a, like Hitler had a ton of will. He was able to yeah. overcome things. Like but and, at the same Andrew time, Jackson though, had a ton of will, you know, you took that yeah. right through the trail of tears um yeah. like i'm just thinking like if you're trying to think about like traits to select someone to like give well, all this power to like yeah and you know what at the same time though like you know you you say that like you know we wouldn't want our our police officers to have a ton of will but at the same time isn't it often one of the like most admired aspects about police officers that it must take you know a ton of willpower to be able to put yourselves in that situation uh to put yourself in a you know scenario in which somebody might that you don't know or understand might shoot at you and kill you you know like it it, it often kind of comes back a lot that uh police officers are supposed to be this bastion of human will you know that it takes a, a sh you know sheer strength of human will in order to keep calm and present in a situation to be able to make decisions and decide how to act within any given situation. See, maybe this, it, maybe this just shows that I'm much more radical against the police than you are. But like, I'm thinking of like the traits I would want a cop to have. And I was thinking more like compassion, patience, yeah. Yeah. sense of service and community. Um, like, sure, Will is a part of that, but I don't think Will would be in my top five, if that makes sense. Well, and but that's but that is a little bit of my point is that that's certainly not necessarily what we would want our police officers to have. But until a lot of this public outcry started happening, I would hazard to say that it definitely is one of the things that, you know, cops were most well respected for and possibly one of the main reasons why we're in this situation in the first place because we have like encouraged them to act based on will as opposed to reasonable thinking 
Gotcha. Yeah, I just haven't respected cops for a long time, so maybe <laughs> I'm too far gone God, to reasonably understand that. that must be. Hey, bro, oh, how you, you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Fuck you and your life. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. Uh, you know, I don't want to, like, get too personal here, but both me and my brother, who is now a police officer, like, this is back when we were, like, 16, 17, so over a decade ago, were considering becoming cops. So we each went on, like, a ride-along uh, in our local police department. And the oh, guy that basically I... basically a hobbit. I Yeah. Um, and, like, so I went on this ride-along. I spent all day with this cop, like basically being his like 17 year old shadow um and like it was a bad experience not because of like the things he was doing in the community but just like a lot of really problematic stuff like i finished the day and i was like this cop did like a dozen things that i had think were wrong and that i object to including yeah. lying to people like he pulled someone over for speeding and told them i got you on radar he never pulled out his radar gun like doing shit like that i was like this 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 man had a ton of will he's still a cop i guarantee it um <laughs> but i he was not like a, he, he treated it like he was fighting a war uh not like he was serving his community i was like i don't want to get involved with this yeah every day shouldn't be a battle when it comes to our community yeah and you look at a lot of who a lot of police officers treat that battle against and tends to be the black community, you know, minorities, not white criminals. And that leads to problems. Like if, yeah. if we sent like every wealthy white person who like stole money through the stock market and like banking schemes away, I'm thinking of like the 0809 financial crisis that we do like, you know, some 20 something year old black guy selling drugs or selling weed because he needs to make money to like pay his mom's rent. We'd be a much better country. Like let's send the wealthy people away. I don't give two shits about someone selling weed for $20. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now, Brett. That's, (laughs) that's a hell of a place to be in Tom. Well, so where we're going to get into with this as it pertains to Green Lantern. Brett's uh, just like, I am so glad I don't have to go to your house for Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> Tom, I thought I was getting smart. I muted myself to crack a can and then I was switching. I unmuted myself and I was switching the can in the koozie over and I could definitely hear the crinkle of oh, the can. So like we a, think we're learning, but we're really not. That's a, that's a. That's a pop and tops. So uh, hit us up on yeah. Twitter if your name is Schmitty and <laughs> claim your second dollar <laughs> ten margarita from Apple. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's fitting that we're talking about, about this because eventually the Guardians of the Universe, the Owens, uh, they decided that maybe this was the wrong way to go about keeping the universe safe. You know, maybe the fact that they have free will at all is part of the problem. So they kind of the Green Lanterns are actually the second army of the Guardians of the Universe. The the second attempt at creating a force to essentially police the universe and keep things safe. Right. And now the first force of the Manhunters they were kind of like, uh, uh, again, just because I know that you've seen Days of Future Past, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to keep connecting DC to Marvel. Uh, they were kind of like 
the the Sentinels that you saw in like Days Wait, of Future Past. I have not seen Days of Future Past actually. Oh really? Oh my apologies. I thought we had talked about that. Um. um so, so proving my pop culture ineptness, even major Marvel <laughs> movies I have not seen. Okay. All right. Well, that one's Sony, so I think maybe you're okay there. <laughs> it's Marvel, so that's yeah, it's an right. X Men thing, right? So they have to like keep pumping out yeah. movies, or they. Oh hell, I'm even I'm even wrong. Like I'm wrong even on that because it was Fox and not Sony. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, so think of, they were kind of like these robot things. That's a horrible way to describe them, but I don't want to get into them too much. The point yeah, is, yeah, they yeah. tried once, it didn't work. They tried the the Green Lanterns and and uh uh that didn't work out too much either i was just thinking that one of the whole things i was getting about about fear being like the antithesis of will uh the the yellow lantern core they do the same things that the green lanterns do only they use fear and instead of policing the galaxy they're more about just bending people to their will uh so that's why because you're mentioning earlier it was the yellow okay. guy versus the yeah, green yeah, guy yeah. so because yellow is the color of of fear that's why yellow is uh, a, a weakness to the green lantern that's why he is susceptible to the color yellow and as sheldon cooper i believe so succinctly put it at one point in time uh, all i would need to beat the green lantern is a number two pencil huh. <laughs> but right <laughs> but uh you know that was just a little bit of a tangent it which is something like a thought I was trying to get to and didn't make it wanted to circle back real quick. So the guardians, they try with a third army. Now the third army, the best way I can think of to describe them, Tom, did you ever watch power Rangers as a kid? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the putties? Yeah. Who That's doesn't? basically what the third army was. They created a shit ton of putties. <laughs> okay. So, so, how many armies do we have here? This does. This I is, mean, now this is like starting to feel like actual cops. We're like, right. yeah, those guys aren't tough enough. We need the SWAT team. Then we yeah. need the special SWAT team. So you have essentially you have three armies, right? Uh, the story arc is actually called Rise of the Third Army. Now the Guardians, specifically because of how Jordan, uh, like maybe not specifically, maybe he was just like the straw on the camel's back, but. Some things that Hal Jordan was going through, uh, some decisions that he had made had led the Guardians to think that uh, the, you know, that that their protective space force, that their space cops being susceptible to free will and emotions uh, made them too weak. Uh, So they come up with this third army, which is just kind of like these humanoid globular things. And uh, basically, they're like putties from, you know, only they don't have the the weird little voiceover. And they were running around just kind of uh, Mr. Smith style in the Matrix, morphing other people into members of the Third Army. And so they have this big battle. And uh, the Manhunters even end up eventually siding with the Green Lanterns and the uh, various uh, uh, like Lantern cores from like the Green Lanterns to the Red Lanterns. And and I think a couple of Yellow Lanterns got involved as well are like, hey, uh, free will is something that we can all get behind. You know, like free will is is more important than than any of 
of our own concerns here. So screw you guys, and we're going to have a big old fashion DC style hoedown where we show up on a planet somewhere and just have a big fight. You know, and so the Guardians, they try to harness the power of this guy called the First Lantern. Now, the First Lantern goes all the way back to uh, Corona's experiments. And uh, this guy kind of basically was able to harvest all the powers of all emotion within himself and without, like, an idol or an icon in order for him to channel it through. He didn't, he didn't. There was also this thing called like the power gauntlet, which was very similar to the infinity gauntlet. Uh, you know, I mean, like there's a whole lot of like little subtle nuances that we could yeah. get into here, but you know, the, you know, they become disillusioned with this own force that they've created. They try to create a new force with the premise of, uh, the only right way to do this is to make sure that, you know, whatever force you have policing the uh, galaxy and universe isn't really capable of making its own decisions. They just do as they're told, yeah. you know, so obviously that's kind of the exact opposite of where we are hoping this eventually goes in today. You know, I mean, like, I don't think anyone's out there saying, hey, you know what? Robot cops. No, I, I, I don't think any kind of cops, any like additional uh, cops, would be where people want to move to. Just yeah. less policing. But so yeah. I, I do think it, you talked about this hard reset that they kind of did. Um, can you get it? Like, how did how did DC and Green Lantern preempt this conversation we're having now? Well, so before the hard reset, uh, and again, this is why I call it. Like why I say it's a little bit silly to call it a hard reset. They yeah. just did a little house cleaning. So uh, there was the, the, the new 52 was a result of the flashpoint paradox where uh, the, the flash ran so fast that he was able to time travel back in time and he stops his mom from being murdered. Right now, when he does that, he creates what's called a time boom. Uh, so the like meaning of that terminology is once you go faster than the speed of sound, you create a sonic boom, right? Yeah. Uh, so this time boom creates ripples throughout the timeline where things that like when you change something in the past, like forget about the butterfly effect, you change how everything happens, you know? So it's not like, uh, Oh, well, if I was never there to pick up this broom, then three days later, my wife trips over it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like everything now acts differently than how it was supposed to. Right. And it creates a whole bunch of problems. Flash is like, all right, well, this sucks. But my mom does have to die. Sorry, mom. And then he uh, stops himself from saving his mom, trying to get back to his timeline and then essentially what he's done is he's still like things won't ever be the same because he's meddled at all. And this is the closest version that he can get back to. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And so in this, you know, in this version, though, you still have the like most recent storyline before the, the big cosmic reset where 
the Green Lanterns were fighting a war with the other Lantern Corps, and again, specifically there, the yellow and the red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the fear and the rage side of it. Um, now, Nestro, who was a, a, a character from that movie that you should know. Yeah, he was he like eventually the big becomes, bad yellow guy, right? Yeah. Well, he wasn't the big bad yellow guy. He doesn't actually become yellow until like the post credit scene. He was okay. the Green Lantern that trains Hal Jordan. Right. That was the other thing that kind of irked me uh, with the movie. It's like these guys, again, I think your analogy that they're like the cops of the universe is, is like very on point. Um, and these guys are like really big dicks to each other. Like they're kind of assholes. Like some of them. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, but... if they can't even be nice to each other, what does that say about how they're supposed to protect the universe? Yeah. And and that also had. You know, uh, that was a lot of uh, a, a lot of what played into the thinking of the of the Owens, you know, is that um, that, you know, like like the, the, the two biggest uh, causes for movement within the war of the Green Lan or the, the war of the Lanterns was Sinestro and Hal Jordan. And, uh, you know, a, a, a big contentious contentious point of comic book history uh, at the time, Jeff Johns was effectively kind of like, like the head visionary of DC, and and he was behind a lot of the new changes to the various storylines, and he was also specifically heading up Green Lantern among other books at the time, and literally on the first page of this new Fifty Two Green Lantern issue number one, it starts off with someone saying the Green Lantern oath and their ring getting powered up. And so everyone thinks it's Hal Jordan because he's lost his ring at the end of the of the Lanterns War, right? And yeah. on page two, boom, it you know like pan out. It turns out it's actually Sinestro, and people are like, "Good God, Jeff Johns, you're starting this whole new Green Lantern series off by giving Sinestro his ring back and not Hal Jordan. You're crazy. You're off your rock, you know." So like, uh, the the Guardians play into this is like you know like. Sinestro was a bad guy and we thought that all hope was lost with him and you know it turns out he's possibly redeemable you know it's but you know at the end of the at the end of the day he went evil in the first place because he had free will they keep getting into this whole notion that like their ability to make decisions is what causes them to be ineffective you know and unfortunately that it's still very true today. Maybe not necessarily their ability to make decisions in general, but how they go about making these decisions, how they've been trained and taught. Um, we're talking about re- uh, real police officers now, how they've been trained and taught to handle themselves. You know, this expectation that's been built up in them that everyone is violent. Everyone yeah. is someone that could potentially kill you. You know, the, the, the flaw is, is that we've taken very basic human qualities and told them that those are working against you and that those are actually yeah. the problem. You know, like, and, like, go ahead. And it's just this is where I get critical for a, a lot of police officers police officers including ones that i would say are generally good people because i think a lot of them do operate with a lot of fear in their jobs because they're afraid of getting shot and they're that's like such a huge part of their training is like avoid being shot um but rather than 
turning that and like seeing police officers become major advocates for gun control and like getting guns off the streets so they can operate with less fear you see so many cops are huge advocates of personal firearms and a lot of cops will have you know a dozen or more different kinds of guns at their house that they keep and they like go shooting and all of this stuff and it's just like you're, you're answering these questions and these problems in just the the completely wrong way and it's it's like really frustrating and you see that that in and of itself this is a little bit of a tangent but that in and of itself is like a very basic and human thing we all surround ourselves especially at home with things that we do for a living you know like you know i'm a restaurant manager by trade and I've been very heavily involved in the bar aspect of the restaurants that I've been in. And so like a habit of mine is, is I don't ever leave the house without a bottle cap opener in my back pocket, you know? And so, you know, like, but that's the thing though. So like the same thing that we all do with things about our job and how we let it bleed into our personal lives, you know, because we've made firearms training and, and martial combat, just such an important part of, the police officer curriculum, if you will, they're carrying that home with them. Like they're carrying home a a mentality of violence, you know? And And it's, it, it again goes back to a lot of cops you talk to it and they think that they're fighting a war. It, they see in, this is true of a lot, including my brother. They see being a police officer as essential to their identity, which to me is ridiculous because it's an occupation, right? Like I'm a, you know, I'm a grad student. I want to go into academia, but I would never like use take that as a fundamental part of my identity. I think that most of us have more important qualities of who we are. We're kind of getting on a tangent here, but I think this does feed back into how you've explained Green Lantern because it seems like there's a lot of those same issues of just why the Green Lanterns are so problematic even in their own universe is because these systems are fundamentally broken. Um, yeah. This whole this whole notion of how they're policing things is broken. The the way that they're using force is broken. Yeah, and I'll have to apologize real quick. I made the mistake of letting my dogs down here while we record, and so Howdy's whining a little bit. So I I believe he might be coming through here and there. Just a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna create <laughs> Howdy a Twitter too. You can yeah. shout out to Howdy. Oh, um, Howdy will get way more followers than i ever will (laughs) oh 100 percent um he'll have more followers than we have listeners on the podcast but for all your listeners on the podcast yes i did graduate from texas a&m and yes i did name my dog howdy uh totally at me i don't care (laughs) (laughs) well okay one Um, of my whole big points at getting you know why i bring up the rise of the third army why i bring up green relevant and why i hazard to say that it is relevant today is that ultimately kind of like how this whole situation ends is you know it has a lot to do with hal jordan uh you know and that uh, um hal jordan once howdy go lay down bud go lay down go lay down we're leaving this in (laughs) go lay down good boy okay so uh you know hal jordan the green lanterns they have this whole battle where they eventually prove to the guardians that uh you know if you remove free will from everyone because that was ultimately the goal of the third army was to just completely 
take over and turn everyone into like a member of this like third army and to just remove free will from the entire galaxy. If you remove free will, then, you know, like what's the point, you know, like free will is the most important thing and having emotions are the most important thing. And the guardians eventually come to understand and accept that, you know? And so it's, you know, like the key application here today is that, you know, these people thinking about comic books at a time in which it it wasn't really it was still relevant you know don't get me wrong but it wasn't nearly as you know nearly as applicable as it is today like they've figured out that you know we are human beings we do have to act with emotion it all just can't be logic and training and um you know like like preconceived thought you have to examine each person as being their own person you can't assume that you would know that that person is going to be dangerous just because of uh preconceived notions like race or uh code you know sure i will say nothing you've said has convinced me that we shouldn't cancel green lantern as it were (laughs) i I, I I still I I think it's like a it's a really problematic concept. Like I think if they're yeah. gonna if if this movement if this moment that's happening now is successful and we you know defund or disentangle policing or maybe even abolish policing uh, and make the major structural changes that need to hap- happen, however radical they end up being, I I'm not sure the Green Lantern even after this this reboot even after the dc 52 or whatever you said it was version well, it's of it already even like they've already gone through other reboots on top yeah. of that so you know I, well, I don't think it goes far enough i think the structure of it is still problematic yeah and to be fair the green lantern the green lantern core is much more inclusive of like an aspect of comic book lore um they were one of the first ones to to have a popular black character so much so that the popular african-american green lantern uh actually outshined hal jordan in many ways and in the justice league cartoons yeah that's what i was thinking yeah it was john stewart the uh african-american green lantern as opposed to uh hal jordan yeah um but I still think the fundamental structure of it is is problematic. And if they were going to like create this today, if the Green Lantern didn't have 80 years of history, if they were going to like start this comic from the ground up right now, like as a new thing, it would have to look different right now. I think. Yeah. So I, who knows? Who I knows what they'll do? I don't disagree with you. You um, know, I because think that it's uh, a dangerous precedent to set that. You know, it's, you know, it like if for all the reasons I could come up with to defend it, it would be the exact same thing that I said to you earlier, that it's yeah. it's not good to defend something based on what it was as opposed to what it's become. And right now it's a symbol. I mean, if, of, if we're looking at policing, even what it, what it yeah. was was still pretty problematic. Yeah. Like po- policing in America has never been a good thing in yeah. terms of how it's scared. It, it's always like been good for wealthier white people because it keeps the status quo for them but other than that it's it's always been pretty destructive and i mean like on top of that if you examine 
you know, like the history of policing within America, there never is a single instance in which it isn't notably corrupt. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Aren't, aren't they doing uh, another Green Lantern movie? Like, aren't they trying to reboot it? Yes. And again, it would it would actually be really interesting to see what they're going to do with that. Uh, you know, like yeah. I would I would hazard to say and, you know, like kudos to DC. They've realized that, uh, you know, there's only room for one really big like it's all connected uh, strands on a single you know, like branches on a single tree storyline. You know, and that, um, you know, like, like they have seemingly come to respect the fact that like Marvel owns that method of telling their comic book stories and film. And so what DC has, uh, what, what it seems like they're shaping up and trying to do here in their like, uh, you know, in the future, uh, like future of their like film media is that they're allowing multiple different kinds of stories to be told. You know, so, um, for instance, you know, they're rebooting Batman with Robert Pattinson and also hit me up on the comments down below, but I'm stoked about it. I think Robert Pattinson's going to kill it. I have been on his side ever since Water for Elephants. That guy is a great actor. He is going to just be fantastic, I hope. Uh, but even while they're doing that, they're still going forward with an Ezra Miller flash movie. And in this Ezra Miller flash movie, uh, you know, because he's bouncing around multiverses, it looks like he's going to land in a multiverse, uh, where the Batman is actually the Michael Keaton version of Batman. And Michael Keaton has signed on to, to play the role, you know? So what I'm getting at here is, you know, like DC is clearly showing that they're thinking differently about how they're handling their movie franchises. Right. Yeah. Maybe if they're going to do a new Green Lantern movie, like this new Green Lantern movie is the starting point of where, you know, like, let's figure out a different way to keep Green Lantern in the mythos, but stop calling them space cops. Let's stop encouraging the belief that we need someone to keep us in line. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um because like all the dc like that you mentioned the Arrowverse, like all of those popular cw shows take place in a completely different universe than any of the movies right uh yeah so that's why they call it the Arrowverse because it's like it's its own dc universe but marvel wouldn't like marvel's tv shows have all taken place like in the like cinematic universe as well everything's connected so it's a very different strategy which i do yeah, think is and, interesting and that that really just pertains to like agents of shield and um agent carter um the i, I feel like the, there was some other show on hulu but again well, there's I, I like know. the runaways but that's like that's more that's x-men it. and the x-men hadn't i don't think Fox had really been bought out when that got started. That might be coming down the line or it may have happened already. Forgive me. Like, you know, even for my massive intake of pop culture, like even I don't have the time to take in everything. Yeah, there's so much Marvel. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. but yeah. So I don't know. It's, you sound you so, sound way more optimistic about it. I'm just like, yeah, let's, let's get to I other superheroes. Let's get, about let's get rid it, of but, Green you know, Lantern. Well, again, you know, like like we've just been talking about Green Lantern today from the aspect of, 
like they're space cops and you know should we cancel cops you know um but for you know like other really tangible aspects of human existence that the characters and story arc from that line of dc media tend to explore i still think that it's really intriguing and that it it definitely can have a place i just think that you know it you know if real change is gonna is going to take place it has to be uh, systemic you know and if we're gonna ever be able to fully change our view on how we think about cops uh you know and what we want from people policing our communities you know it it does take the little things we do have to think that Green Lantern needs to be a different type of character, that it needs to be a different type of story, that they need to have a different motivation. Let me let me ask you this, like stepping, you know, a few steps further back. Um, comics traditionally have been regarded kind of as nerdy white guy culture. And sure. Most of the major superheroes we would think of have traditionally been white guys like there have been some attempts to diversify you mentioned like you know we jimmy stewart jimmy stewart's the black green lantern right i believe it's john stewart john stewart um uh i know that we have a black spider-man now in the more recent comics but Uh, overall half african-american half latino-american miles morales miles um so we we have some efforts to diversify characters. Uh, we've we've started to see more female superheroes, although I think most of them have remained white. Does the comic book industry and its television and movie expansions need to do better? Because I'm just thinking from my perspective, it still feels very white, and it feels like a lot of the superheroes kind of. Absolutely. Come with white guy see, issues, right? Like, like, don't get me wrong. Daniel Craig, with the exception of Spectre, has been fantastic in the Bond role, but I still don't see why we didn't deserve an Idris Elba. Yeah, the, you dude's know, fucking like, great. Why can't yeah. he be James Bond? Um, yeah. And the fact that that's still something we have to be like, this dude is a great actor. He hits all the tropes, other than he's not white. Why can't he be considered for James Bond? is ridiculous and i think it shows that just in terms of some of these broader comfort and that's not even like comic books like james bond is is much more mainstream than green lantern is although again like it does come from a lot of this kind of like white guy detective intrigue culture i guess but still i want to you know there is another little aspect of pop culture that i could throw in here have you ever heard of max landis never it's a brand new name to me he is an American writer and filmmaker. He's the son of uh, uh, director John Landis, who is very, very well known. Um, did you did you ever see Chronicle? Uh, the Riddick movie? No. So uh, no, I that's, have no, yeah. I haven't seen that okay. one either. That's just the only no. Sure. So let's let's go with this. So Max Landis, the son of a prominent American director. He actually has this uh, great video on YouTube where he tries to summate the uh, 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 Death of Superman storyline. And one of the whole things in it is he talks about his father and like how his father helped him to like view writing differently. Right. And his father, he has this little antidote 
where his father says, well, son, how do you kill a vampire? And he goes, okay, okay, uh, crosses, wooden stakes, garlic. And he goes, no, you kill a vampire however the fuck you want because it's not a real thing. It's a made-up character. Right. You know, and that's the whole thing with with all of these characters that we want to see more representation in. Like, you know, like – like they don't have to be anything. They don't have to yeah. be white. Yeah. They don't have to be space cops. They're made up characters. You can make them into whatever you want them to be. So maybe no, I say don't cancel Green Lantern. Cancel them being space cops. That's fine. We don't yeah. need do them it a to different do way that anymore. Yeah. Reimagined, reimagined the lore. Yeah. Like that's. I mean, that you look at like culture. And um, especially like folklore traditionally, and it's always being reimagined. Like all of this yeah. stuff is constantly being reinvented and it's being used to meet a moment. Like because when we look at and this is where like the the historian in me uh, gets really intrigued because you when you look at like culture, when you look at this stuff, ultimately they're really used for instructional purposes. Right. Because yeah. we learn from all of this. We we take away moral messages from this kind of thing. So when you have superheroes that are all white and are dealing with predominantly you look at like most Marvel DC superheroes predominantly like middle-class white issues coming from that thing. You're, you're excluding so much of the population from really participating and understanding in that thing. And you're disseminating these middle-class white perspectives to communities of color and to yeah. poor people who don't really understand. So like, and, and, let's reimagine know, like, all that's, this. That's a big root of the problem too is that, you know, like like so many people who adamantly support police officers, you know, with yeah. their dying in the be in the wrong. Well, unfortunately, those are people that were included in this type of these type of like media representations where yeah. Uh, they never had to think about it from the other side, you know, like from their perspective, you know, like they've never been on the on the, the wrong side of the law. And I don't mean just, you know, like raising hell, you know, yeah. I mean, like they've, they've never really had to consider breaking the law to survive, you know, like they that's never been an option for them. And, you know, so it's it's really easy to say, how could you not support the police like oh, you must be about crime or you would rather care about a criminal instead of an upstanding citizen. No, like like none of those things are true. But what we're saying is, is that if we continue to only think about people that we don't know and don't understand as not upstanding citizens, then we're always going to be under the thumb of this giant, incredibly funded thing yeah. that long since past has – outlived what it was originally intended to do yeah so we're going I'll long here, right. so we should we should probably like come full circle here but um yeah well, I, I do so think that to say full circle then cancel green lantern much as i hate to say it we don't need an intergalactic space force yeah I've, you know I've, and calm down nova core we're coming for you too, Nova. No, I'm just kidding. We probably won't do an episode on Marvel's version of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing, but yeah, let's. I'm just let's cancel it too. Let's can't like the Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. No, let's cancel them. I actually no. I don't know. Whoa, I don't whoa, know whoa, 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 um, whoa! They're not at all like they're literally bandits and rogues who haphazardly find their uh uh their way into doing good things, sir. Like that yeah, is Chris that Pratt's is kind unacceptable. Of an asshole. 
I don't, I don't know the uh, lore, but he's kind of an asshole. Uh, yeah. Either way, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thrilled that I've... James Gunn is returning to the helm. I hope that third movie is great. I wish him nothing but the best. And I'm super excited for the fact that he's also taking over the Suicide Squad as well. I really feel like he can do what that series really should have been. You know, it's just uh, great things coming down the pike. Cancel Green Lanterns. Uh, can't, I'm glad you know. I found where your line is at. Green Lantern <laughs> and Nova Corps is your line. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Like it, it needs to change. I, I would think that if they're gonna actually reboot the movie in two, three years, or when, whenever they can, because I know COVID's gonna push a lot of this stuff back. But it, it needs to look different than it does now if they're gonna do it. Like, because yeah. if they do it in the vein of the the previous Ryan Reynolds movie or where the comics sound like they're still at, it's just not gonna be what it should be. And do yeah. the John Stewart one too. Let's yeah. get Idris Alba as Green Lantern if they're not going to let him be James Bond. Well, you know, I mean, like, maybe Michael B. Jordan. I think that he would kill in that kind of role. But He would. Would Marvel let him do game. that? Uh, Well, I mean, yeah. He's not Killmonger anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I thought that yeah. they had, like, a lot of their contracts. Like, you couldn't do non I don't know. Maybe, stuff, but. maybe they do maybe they don't you know but um you know yeah it, all right know. so I guess conversation what are we doing for next another day yeah what are we doing next week brett oh so next week i'm super excited about this one we're gonna cover snowpiercer and okay. uh we're gonna talk about the history of revolution and how revolutions have been uh successful from uh different aspects you know what what does it take to actually make a revolution successful to make for it actually stick burn it all down um so that's next week on nerdism 101 or maybe right now if you're just finding these podcasts in 20 years yeah yeah and also probably not in real time next week the figurative next week Well, it's right. been a lot of fun. I think we're pushing an hour 20, hour 25. So, so. Uh, I think we're going to have to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, AMF. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody. If you legit like this, uh, tweet out at Brett's fake Twitter and let him know that I'm right and we should do some Twitch live shows because I think that would be fun. <laughs> I might be down. I might be down. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, as always, it's been a big pleasure, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. He's Brett. I'm Tom. Thank you, guys. All right. Class adjourned. (laughs) 